0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM
1: 740.
0: Welcome, friend, to
1: our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Good morning. Uh, nice to have you along with us on this Saturday, the long holiday weekend. But we're not uh, taking the time off. No, no, no. no. We're, we're here. And I say we because <laughs>
3: Charlie, we have a special guest with us. We do. I'd like to welcome Bob Martin of Martin Farms.
2: Hey, all right, Bob. Good to be here. Thanks.
3: (laughs) Bob's the one who sent us an email last week and said, okay, you know, the weather's been really good and everybody's been shopping like crazy, so you're all buying everything in the stores and we're still growing stuff back at the greenhouse, so don't... Don't panic if the stores aren't full because we're st- we've got more crops coming. And remember, we'll I said we'll
2: replenish those stocks very shortly. That's right. right. And yeah.
3: I said you know so you know keep calm, find <laughs> something else to do, give it a couple of days before you go shopping because the stores were just you know pillaged after all that warm weather. So Bob came in all the way from where exactly is Martin Farms? We're in
4: Vineland Station. Yeah. We're about ten minutes outside of Saint Catharines on Lake Ontario.
3: Yeah, right. on Martin Road. Actually,
4: it's a beautiful location.
3: Yes. And Bob runs a greenhouse that's, he's the third generation in his family, his Grandfather started started the business originally back when nineteen. 19 the business is officially nineteen thirteen. Nineteen thirteen. And Bob,
2: before the show, was telling me he's a grandson is now helping him do some planting and and etc. Et in, in the uh, greenhouse.
3: So we're up to fifth so generation. It. Wow. In the Martin yeah, Lark farms. is six
4: and loves hanging around planting with me. It's crazy.
3: I love six year olds. I have a six year old next door. She she comes and helps me in the garden too. Perfect oh, yeah. perfect age. Well,
2: we're going to talk more to yep. Bob and and we uh, are with we're specific ex- questions. Were Well, yeah, well, yeah.
3: that's right. Well, because um, Bob grows, his farm specializes in vegetables. Yep. So there's the veggie guy is one of your trademarks. Mm-hmm. And then, what is it, R.L. Martin? R.L. Martin, yeah. Yep. Is another trademark. But you also do flowers and yep. herbs yep. and all kinds of ornamental.
4: And, and we do, uh, uh, under the PC label, for Loblaws. That's right. The giga- wow. All
3: the Giganticos. Yeah, yep. that's...
4: Holy cow. I
2: yeah,
3: well, you're going to do some... Adding up in your head while well, I give some announcements, you're going to tell us how many millions of plants or you know how many plants you grow on an average, you know, growing season. Before you get to let me get the phone numbers. Oh, good point.
2: That's my that's my only job, really. Yeah, true. So please don't do me out of that. Here we go. <laughs> Just
3: For, give the right ones, okay? Oh,
2: oh, all right. <laughs> For Toronto area listeners, here we go. 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free. 866 740 And, oh, don't forget our mantra, call early, call often, one question per call. And, of course, if you happen to be a first-time caller, let Sebastian know. He'll be the first voice that you hear on the phone there. Let him know, and he'll tell me, and I'll go... Welcome, first time caller. See, that's how it goes.
3: Garden wings. Garden wings. Yes, you get to fly off to (laughs) back into your garden when you get your wings. We do like to welcome all callers, but we're particularly excited to get first time callers. All right, get your calendars out, pencils, paper, mark this all down. Lots going on. The Newmarket Garden Club is holding their May general meeting on Tuesday, May nineteenth. Playing with your pots with Angie Menon, two hundred Doug Duncan Drive in Newmarket. Uh, Burlington hort society annual plant sale on saturday may twenty third eight to eleven a m large selection of perennials herbs, and vegetables new this year tool sharpening that 's a great idea gently used garden accessories books, and a bake table you 're going to want to go to that one i think frank mm, parking lot good. on new street beside the curling club it 's all outside there in the parking lot Come early for the best selection another plant sale on saturday may the twenty third from eight to one p m Perennials, houseplants, veggies, herbs, it's the St. Mary Star of the Sea Church. It's a big fundraiser for the church. Lakeshore and John Street in Port Credit. There's a bake sale and a barbecue on site. Stay all day. (laughs) (laughs) Have breakfast, (laughs) have lunch, have dinner, invite the family. All right, one more. The Greater Toronto Horticultural and Water Garden Society. This is a good one, though. For people that have uh, any kind of a water feature Mm. and they like to get plants, because obviously a water feature looks better with plants in it, this is your chance to get out to the, like I said, the Greater Toronto Horticultural and Water Garden Society having their annual plant sale. So they've got water lilies. They've got marginals, which is all the plants that grow around the edges of streams, mm-hmm. irises and, um, you know, rushes, etc. They have bog plants as well as perennials and annuals. This uh, sale is held at the Banbury Community Center, which is at Leslie and Lawrence. It's from 10 to 2 on Sunday, May the 24th. And one more thing, early lilacs are in bloom at the Royal Botanical Garden, so weather permitting, take a stroll around the Arboretum. More information, www.rbg.ca, biggest lilac collection in the world, so always worth checking out. And, okay, this one came in late last night, I'll just tell you this one, it's Spring Fling, the St. Anselm's Women's Network Presents... Spring Fling, Sunday, May 24th, 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m., Church Hall, McNaughton Road at Millwood in Leaside. Lots of vendors, including local artisans, baking raffles... Uh, crafts, and, of course, plants. <laughs> At the very end, we have, and plants! <laughs> so, that's next Sunday, 9.30 to 1. Again, big fundraiser. you got it.
2: Uh, we're going to be back to uh, talk to our... We have callers lined up ready too. to talk to. Uh, Betsy, Eva, and Rick, stand by. Coming back to you in a moment. Uh, you know, part of the job for... A, um, Charlie and I, is to tell you a little bit about a wonderful product, Sierra Sierrasil. And Charlie, you sent me this that was sent in from the folks at Sierra Sierrasil mm-hmm. in Vancouver and I just thought it was so well written. I'm just going to read this verbatim. It just tells the story so well. It's entitled The Fountain of Youth. Have people been looking in the wrong place? Where is that darn fountain? For years, people have spoken of the elusive fountain of youth and you'd think someone would have found it by now. But what if the reason wasn't found, it wasn't found, was because they should have been looking at the mountain of youth, not a spring, a river, or a brook, but somewhere high and untouched. Well, we think we found it. Sierra Sil is a pristine mineral deposit found high in the Sierra Mountains, and experts, as well as yours truly and Charlie Dobbin, agree that it helps combat the stress of aging on the body through its natural anti-inflammatory process. Aging is a progressive degenerative process associated with inflammation, so if we can slow down that process, we can, to some extent, slow down the hands of time. Just three capsules once a day with lots of water, and within two weeks, You'll agree that maybe there is such a thing as the mountain of youth.
3: Yeah, so to grease those joints, which is right. how it works for us, it just makes them work better. Uh, and again, fourteen days. If you don't feel better within fourteen days, full money money back guarantee with the product Sierra Sill. For more information, one eight seven seven joint fourteen, or check them on the web sierrasill.com. dot com. S I E
2: R R A. SIL Daffodils and
5: daisies, bluebells and begonias, phlox, heather and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet
1: williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio AM 740.
2: And on this long holiday weekend, we uh, bid you welcome to the show. Charlie is here and our special guest of course, Bob Martin of Martin Farms. And Bob, you can chime in anytime when we have our callers on line. Because
3: Bob is a master gardener well, yeah. on top of being a grower of amazing vegetables, right. herbs,
2: and flowers. So, folks, you're going to be interested in what he has to say to you. Uh, for instance, there's Betsy on the line from Richmond Hill. Hi, Betsy.
5: Hello. Morning. Good morning. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, I have a mini budlia. Mm-hmm. And last year it was beautiful. We'd had to have a big uh, maple tree down, and of course the workmen all trampled on it, and it came back beautifully. Mm -hmm. So somebody told me that it's best if you cut it down
3: right after, you know? Right, as in last fall, you mean?
5: No, later, this year. Yep,
3: this year. So what does it look like now? Is it got any green on it? No, it looks dead. Oh, okay. So <laughs> have that, I
5: done something wrong?
3: No, no, because I, I Budalia, For those of you who are listening, is the Latin name for butterfly bush, which is a lovely bloom, late summer blooming oh, it shrub beautiful. with long, elongated flowers, uh, full of nectar. Butterflies will come from miles around. They do. To, they love it. Yeah, to sip the nectar out of the flowers. So it's a it's a lovely, lovely plant. I leave mine alone uh, all winter, and if, uh, if you looked at mine right now, you would see what looks like a completely dead, you know, six foot tall dead shrub, but way down, right at ground level, there are little green leaves popping. Did I
5: cut mine back?
3: You've already cut yours back. Is that wrong? Um, when did you cut it back? About three weeks ago. Okay, usually I leave it until I see some growth, oh. uh, but... Don't worry, like it may, I I wouldn't give up yet. Give it another week or two. We're still in early spring. Mm -hmm. We still have cool weather coming. The soil is still cool. Some of the plants are slow to wake up. The cutting back had to be done eventually anyway. The only question is whether there's life inside the root or the crown of the plant. And you'll know that within the next two weeks. If you see nothing green coming at all, then you may have to replace it. Oh. oh, but the, but this and it was a gift and oh, that's the worst. It's not annoying. Oh, yeah.
5: but the I'm, other thing, I'm too impatient. When it starts, <laughs> things start getting green. I want them all to
3: come. Yeah, right. In, right now, I want to see them grow. Now, the thing also, you, you even you can give it even longer than a couple of weeks because honestly, buddleia or butterfly bush is never available in the retail stores till July at the oh, soonest really? yeah, because it's nothing right now it just looks like yours <laughs> so if they never have it in the stores until there's something showing preferably some, some buds starting to show so, oh, so remain, remain calm exactly be patient it may still grow Our I God cut mine patient, back too sir? okay Bob you had yeah, a thought? I
4: cut mine back and I saw two or three little green bits things. I had to cut it back because in the way last fall so mm-hmm. I'm hoping mine comes and maybe you'll be as lucky
3: yeah oh, i hope
5: so because they yeah. are very very pretty i'll oh, tell you lovely. what
4: betsy keep in touch with it let us know
2: if if it survived okay all right. i will i'll uh, keep my fingers crossed all right we will
5: good. too good luck with that thank you very much
2: here we are on the garden show and let's go to innisfil and mm-hmm. have a word with eva good morning eva
5: hello how oh, are you morning how are what? you I'm fine, and I'm very happy to um, report that my lilac bushes are finally wa- flowering. Oh, good.
3: Nice.
5: <laughs> I was complaining last year, two weeks ago, that I can't get them flowered and I had them
3: for eighty years. <laughs> good. So you, something happened right there.
5: <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what it is. What did I do? But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling <clears throat> regarding my um, my burning bush. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why, this is the first time, I had that for a while too, and this is the first mm. time that I went out and I saw all the barks are chewed off on the bottom by the bunnies. Exactly. And uh, one side, it looks like it's dead, but um, I'm hoping that something's going to come in up still. Is anything I can do for those bunnies
3: other than killing them? Yeah, exactly. Get a dog, right? <laughs> Dogs can scare them off the property. But now it's too late. That happened during the winter. Uh usually the bunnies travel on top of the snow <clears throat> and they chew the bark. Mm-hmm. They love Euonymus. It's one of their all-time favorite plants, and of course burning bush is a member of the genus Euonymus. They oh, if it's been if the bark has been chewed off all the way around the bottom Main stem we call that girdling when the when the the bark has just been chewed right away, then you may lose the plant. Mm-hmm. but if it 's only been chewed a bit sporadically and there is still good connective tissue from ground level up to the top of the plant it 's amazing what plants can can get through and heal over. Uh, anything that looks really dead, double-check that it is dead. You know, um, try breaking a twig, see if it's if it's really crispy. Uh, peel a tiny bit of bark with your thumbnail. See if it's white or underneath. If it's quite underneath. Supple,
2: you're, you're in luck.
3: Yeah, right? you're in luck. So, yeah. so we will always, at this time of year, be trimming out the dead wood on all of our plants. Our shrubs <clears throat> will have tip die back, and various bits have died back on some of our shrubs and trees and roses, etc. So it is pruning time of year. Just don't prune when it's raining or going to rain because any wounding that we make wounds that we make with our pruners need to dry out before rain hits them it's it's way healthier for the plant so try and avoid that but otherwise you know um like it clean you know you're going to do some cleaning up look closely at it uh what can you do about the bunnies now not a lot but i would be prepared next year you're going to need to cage that plant Chicken oh, wire. so I have
5: to put some little fences around it?
3: I would be chicken wiring all around that plant, mm. uh, out, you know, just below ground level up to, you know, however however high the snow. I mean, you get a lot of snow where you are in Innisfil. Yes, we do. So you yeah. need about a four-foot fence probably around that because you probably get about three feet of snow on average. Yeah, yeah,
5: probably somewhere around
3: there. Yeah, yep. so you just got to get it caged in so that the bunnies can't get at it.
5: Now, did somebody
3: told me that I have to paint it with something against the bunnies? Oh, against the bunnies? I don't know. There's a few things out there that are designed to protect your plants from deer and bunnies and various hungry things Animals. out there. But usually we do that kind of protecting in the fall. We don't, mm-hmm. really, we don't really try to do protecting at this time of year because anything you spray with is going to wash off in the first rainfall anyway. Yeah, yeah that's and, right. And keep in mind, bunnies aren't going to chew... You want them as bark now. There's mm-hmm. far tastier, more tender things for them to eat now than bark. They only mm-hmm. eat bark in the winter.
5: Yeah, yeah. So it's nothing I can do on the fall time at the moment. But...
3: No, but be prepared to do a proper protection for in the fall. Okay. And clean up and tidy up any of the dead wood in the meantime.
5: Okay, then. Thank you very much for Thank your you. help. Okay, Eva,
2: have a great weekend. Thank you for checking in with a Garden Show here at AM 740, (laughs) Zoomer Radio. Uh, As we say goodbye to Eva, that opens a line at 1-866-740-4740, or for you Toronto listeners, 416-360-0740. And when we come back, we're going to ask Rick and Karen and the rest to hold on just for a moment or so, but we want to have a word with Bob Martin, find out a bit more about Martin Farms, because it's it's a fascinating business Mm -hmm. that he has. And so let's uh, let's do that right after these words on AM 740 The Garden Show.
1: Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740.
2: And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here.
3: Also known as the undergardener. Under,
2: undergardener, yes, many times. <laughs> and Bob Martin, our special guest. Uh, we're going to be talking to Bob just a little bit. but We've got to be fair to Rick, who's been waiting on the line over 15 minutes now. And he's now. got something yeah.
3: going on with raccoons. Well, we talked about
2: and, bunnies in the last one, yeah. so here we go. <laughs> it's the animal show. Uh, raccoons, Rick, you got to... Problem there.
6: Yes. What should be done about the vicious, filthy raccoons that constantly dirty up our backyard and carry rabies? Should I use arsenic, cyanide, or is there something else?
3: Okay, so you're not going to want to use arsenic or cyanide for fear that uh, some other creature were to chew down a on a dog, or a dog, a cat, a, cat, a small cat. child. Yeah. So yeah, we don't typically put poison out for raccoons.
2: Live trapping.
3: Yep. There's the a a heart traps, which are the live traps, and then you truck them out somewhere far away as far as you can go, though by law, yeah, <laughs> Bob's going, not my place. <laughs> Actually, by law, I think you can't take them more than a kilometer from your home. Nevertheless, something's attracting them to your backyard, Rick. What is? It, are they using your backyard as a highway, or are they...
6: Ch- they are using it as a toilet. Oh, charming. Okay,
3: so is that on the ground or on a shed or...
6: On the deck, on our back deck, deck, and in the grass, all over the place. Wow.
3: I bet. Oh, yeah. So, yes, they do tend to, once they choose a toilet spot, continue to use the same toilet spot. A couple of things I've learned over the years. One is, supposedly raccoons hate the human voice. So you get CBC Radio or 680, one of those talk radio uh, stations, you put the radio outside on the deck and you just leave it on 24 hours a day and the raccoons will not come and poop on the deck. Now, when it comes to the grass, etc., that's a little trickier. Um, let me think. So, well, I mean, there are, there's uh, the scarecrow sprinklers, which are motion- activated sprinklers that come on real high power high pressure water as soon as the raccoons step into your yard you've got that all set up and they get blasted by this you know water and that can be a little hard to get comfortable uh and you know do your toiletries uh when you're getting you know hit <laughs> yeah. in the side of the head with high pressure water that may help keep them off the property uh for, you know it's all just a process right of teaching them to go elsewhere that's all you're really going to do Bob here. you've had
4: experience bad experience
2: in your <laughs> oh, place
3: they they can do a
4: lot of damage and and you're right if you that kilometer thing if you uh, take them a kilometer away their chances of being back to your place before you are are very good they're, <laughs> yeah. they're pretty smart. Yeah, so, smart so yeah it, it's it's probably from all the gardeners I've talked to that have them in their around their houses it's number one and the toughest one to get rid of
3: yeah. well yeah because yeah, they have, they're so <clears throat> habitual they do those yeah, same yeah. things all the time and smart. Do so you think
6: a talk radio station is the best?
3: Well, I, I and yeah, for the deck, I think that could definitely work, that you could uh, just get that happening, that voice droning on, that they will not hang around. They they do not ha- apparently like that. Otherwise, uh, the other thing that I know has worked is, you, you know, when you install wall-to-wall carpet in a broad loom in a, in a home or in, in a, any kind of a building. There's this wood with tacks in it oh, yeah. that is yeah. put all the way around the perimeter and then the carpet is put into the tacks and it holds it in place. You, I, it's called like carpet strip or yeah, carpet tack mm-hmm. or something you buy that at your local home depot or lowe's a bunch of it and you lay that in the spots where you know the raccoons are like fences where they're using the yeah. fence as a highway you lay that across the fence i know people who have laid it on the tops of their roof sure. of their house or their shed because the raccoons are defecating there well,
2: that's a good idea and
3: yeah. it's a super way to just they will obviously not choose to walk across something that's you know, a bed of nails. So, you know, I think that way rather than thinking poisons.
6: So what's this place – what's this called?
3: I believe it's called Carpet Tack
4: or Carpet – Yep. Yeah, All right. It's, it's what they use to hold a wall-to-wall carpet against and the wall. And
6: if we put it on the deck or on the fence – That's
4: right, or on the shed. or
2: Yeah, and you'll have to
3: nail it down because, of course, the raccoons are smart enough. They'll just knock it off. But it's nails up (laughs) is the idea. It's all these sharp little tacks that are already installed into the wood I put my hand on one
2: uh, by mistake. Don't step on it in your sock feet. No, yeah. yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Be careful where you put it so that you're not going to run into it.
2: Okay, Rick. (laughs) Thank you very much. Good luck with that. Thank you. Good luck with that. Yeah. Bye-bye now. Hmm. All righty. Let's, let's have a chat just for a moment here with uh, Bob Martin, our oh, special right. guest of Martin Farms.
3: and uh, In Vineland in Station. In Vineland Station. Yeah, great spot. And All right. So just before we started the show, I asked you to add up, if you can, how many plants you actually grow in an average season.
4: I would guess, and it's, I should sit down and do this someday, probably three or four million. Uh, oh, my God. That's know, a
3: lot of plants.
4: Well, it keeps you off the street and out of mischief. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no wonder your six-year-old yeah. is working with you, your grandson. Yeah.
4: All hands on deck. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's uh, you know there's a lot of plants in the flat.
3: Yeah, and so some you grow from seed. Yes. And some you grow from cuttings. Yes. I
4: Most with vegetables is mostly seed. Right. And the flowers do, again mostly seed. Mm-hmm. Although we, as a, as an off-season business in the winter, we uh, uh, work with a broker that we bring in plants from south america and they're the vegetative ones you'd see in hanging baskets and and things like that and we root them and sell them to other greenhouses for for them to put into hanging baskets
3: like calibracoas or yeah yeah some uh, of those vines vines. scavola
4: bacopa and all that kind of stuff nice and then for us are, are probably the Most baskets we do are strawberry baskets. Mm We have uh, ever-bearing strawberries, a really nice variety. Sweet.
3: Bright red pots. Yes. Shiny green leaves of a strawberry. You you know what? I should have thought of Frank for this. Frank lives in an apartment, Mm -hmm. and he's got a southern-facing... Oh, perfect. And he, you know, we should... Um,
2: Yeah, my medanilla bought it.
3: (laughs) I know, he's he's one...
2: He's not known as much of
3: a gardener, but he kept a medanilla alive for two Two years. years. Oh, well done. That's very well done. But now he's got no plants, and I think he kind of needs a pet. I want it, yeah. And a strawberry basket would work on his balcony, because it's it's so sweet. It's a bright red pot, which you hang up. Yeah. You know, strawberries, they they trail down out of the basket with white flowers and, of course, red strawberries. You just lie in your hammock and you just reach over, grab a strawberry.
4: Actually, I think the the fastest growing part of vegetable growing is is the people with patios and and, uh, condos condos and stuff. You can plant them in pots as long as you fertilize them and look after them. And, And the... Simple key is is pick a pot three times bigger than you think mm-hmm. and then it's just it doesn't take as much work right. because you've got more soil volume there, yeah, and I've seen some very successful gardens that mm-hmm. uh uh are like in a four-by-four four spot on your balcony. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Excellent. And, and
3: okay. you're right. The bigger the pot, the more soil you've got, it means you don't have to quit your full-time job and stay home and oh, water yeah. every 10 those, minutes. Those,
4: those little wee hanging baskets you see, yeah. mm-hmm. which are really have great product in them, but they're very small. you got to water them like twice a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. If yeah. they're in the sun and I, the wind. I'd say, yeah, yeah uh, put yeah. it in a bigger pot. Bigger. Just plant to, and, yeah. and keep a nice big pot, and they'll fill it in anyway, Okay, and, and you can uh, look after it. Oh, that's great. But fertilize it.
3: Oh, absolutely, because remember, potting soil has no fertility. It's, it's inert or sterile, so we have to fertilize I mean, our container gardens. But speaking of th- <clears throat> that growing market that you mentioned, is certainly growing the, the condo, terrace, balcony yes. gardener. Do you have any sort of recommended varieties of vegetables for those people who are growing in pots? Because, you know, a beefsteak tomato on the balcony is tough, right? We grow uh, an awful lot of
4: varieties, of tomatoes but mm-hmm. we grow a couple varieties and there's others out there there's like, there's like a hybrid uh, patio hybrid we use one called Better Bush which is a nice tight compact little plant there is there's one uh, again there's two or three varieties of cherry tomatoes mm-hmm. that uh, they'll only get about as big as two or three feet high mm-hmm. and they'll fill in a, a, a patio cage mm-hmm. very easily without getting wild like if you get into a, a sweet million or a big beef or, or those varieties they're too just big. too big yeah, yeah. and they'll just, flop all over but just at your garden center uh, just ask them for uh, patio varieties and and I would think almost every garden center would have some yeah, something choices Good. Yeah, so it's okay. the difference between
3: an indeterminate and a indeterminate, determinate tomato yeah. so you're looking for a tomato that's a determinate it only grows to a certain size very a big. certain height yeah. and stops <clears throat>
7: well.
4: and, I, and you're also so uh, peppers, eggplant, uh, mm-hmm. uh, all, ki- all kinds of things like that. You can grow them in a pot very easily mm-hmm. and very successfully. Uh, uh, many of
3: the lettuces. We, many of
4: the lettuces. Lettuces, you, you trim them. Uh, we do a kale bowl that uh, sells really well, and you can just keep taking the bottom leaves off oh, it, and it'll yeah. go almost all summer. Four there's kinds your, of salad.
3: kale all in yeah. one bowl. Yeah. It doesn't so, get healthier than
4: that. And, and it, it lasts as long. It, it won't look like a... Hanging basket, but it'll, it'll, you can grow it all summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a window water. box and yeah. stick some uh, r- radishes or uh, carrot seeds in a in a window box. Mm-hmm. It's, you can do almost anything in a, in a patio. Okay,
3: and, okay, but you wait, I know I can tell you. You, yeah. I hope you're taking notes, and you're not just wanting to. You know me; my mind is just a steel trap. Yes, <laughs> I do know that. That's why I said <laughs> Mine I hope you're too, taking. But it's notes. Thirty seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. okay bob you didn't mention herbs herbs yeah. are just perfect for the patio or, oh, or balcony yeah. gardener they love the heat most of them love the sun don't even mind to be a little bit on the dry side and will th- you know most you know think of parsley or basil mm-hmm. or things that are going to grow a foot tall they only need a pot that's a foot high so you don't need a huge big half barrel for those the way you might for something like a tomato
2: Okay, well, there are some, some of the areas that we want to cover with Bob, bless your heart. And uh, you just patted Charlie in the arm here. <laughs> yeah, you
3: would have she, reached over and patted Bob if you could have reached <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: That's right. But we want to get to our callers, particularly Karen, who's been hanging on the line there for, what, some 16 and a half minutes out in Streetsville. Uh, Mississauga. Mississauga. Karen, welcome to the show.
7: Hi. Hi, you're still there. Thanks for waiting. I'm still here. You're not going to get rid of me that easy. Good
3: (laughs) Good to hear. I
7: I just want to say that I thoroughly enjoy your show. I've been listening for years. I am a first-time caller. Mm.
2: Wait a minute.
3: There There you go. go. (laughs)
7: Welcome. I'm calling about my Japanese maple, and Mm -hmm. I know there are different varieties, and I don't know what the name of this one is, but it is one that starts out very, very red, and then it turns to green. It's more like like fall colors. Mm -hmm. It changes three or four different times. Mm -hmm. But uh, this is the fifth... Fifth year, uh, sixth year for it. The first three years I had to wrap it, okay. which I did, and the last two years I, I haven't wrapped it, mm-hmm. and it's just not looking so great. Um, the leaves are starting to come out. Okay, good. Some of them are actual leaves in the, in the little red buds, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of bare spots.
3: Okay.
7: So I don't know whether it needs fertilizer, it needs to be trimmed.
3: All of the above. So, answer me one question. Is it a weeping form or is it an upright form? It's an upright form. Okay. So And and roughly how many hours of sunlight does it get? A lot. Okay, so it's in a really bright spot. And so it means it's probably facing south or southwest? Yes. Right. So we had another horrendous winter. Yes. and those horrendous winters with all those strong northwest winds and then on top of that we had the not only the wind but so much sun when the ground was frozen mm-hmm. so even though your Japanese maple was completely dormant while, when that was going on in January and February the ground was frozen, the sun was beating down on the plant, the plant was you know sort of being exposed to an awful lot of warmth and then cold and then wind and dry and you know no access to moisture whatsoever very very tough on, on on any plants, but but particularly a zone Japanese, 6 yep. Japanese maple. So here's what you're going to do. You're absolutely going to fertilize it. You're going to fertilize all your garden plants, and today is an optimal day. Okay. All your shrubs, your trees, your lawn, everybody needs to be fed a, a first spring feeding, and that is just everybody needs that.
7: Okay, what like what numbers are we talking here?
3: Well, with the Japanese maple, it's it's an all purpose. It's a 20 20 20, it's a 10 10 10, uh, lawns of course, it's a very specific lawn fertilizer and flowering plants I tend towards the 15 30 15 or the flowering flowering plant fertilizers, uh, but sharp pruners, and you're going to just start the process of removing what is clearly dead on that Japanese maple. Just go to where you see a little bit of a shiny bud and and just prune out the dead. It'll be brown, it'll be gray, it'll be cracked, it'll be clearly dead. Okay. Prune that all out, uh, stand back, look at the tree. If it's super one-sided after all that, you are going to have to do some more pruning for shape. So that it's a balanced plant at the end of the day. Probably you'll have more death on that west and north side than you did on the south and east side.
7: So the fact that some of the leaves have come out Mm -hmm. and others are just tiny, tiny little buds Mm -hmm. along the branches... Mm you think it will come back?
3: Oh, yeah. That's why the pruning is a good thing, because the pruning will force it out of dormancy. What you've got is a partial dormant thing going on in the plant. Mm-hmm. You've got growth, you know, clearly active growth on, on part of the plant, but the other part is still not quite. It's probably in shock from the winter. <laughs> it's probably it. going, I'm not sure I'm ready mm. to grow. I don't trust this weather. <laughs> so you're going to just force it to grow by doing that pruning. Okay. Okay, it's going to force it out of dormancy.
7: Well, I appreciate the information. I was a little bit worried when I looked at it this morning, thinking I might have lost it.
3: Uh, I don't you know, think so. Hang no, in there. No, you know, <laughs> patience and yeah. some judicious pruning and some feeding.
7: Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thanks, Bill. You bet. Take care of Streetsville for us. Thanks for being there for that free information.
3: Oh, that's (laughs) There we go. Free. We talked about that, Bob and I. (laughs) You get a few calls at the greenhouse on occasion, don't you? I do.
4: Uh, Glad to uh, actually. This time of year, we're so busy. I do ask people to email rather than – and I'll get it in my spare time. Uh, phone calls at 2 in the afternoon.
3: Yeah, you're uh, not
4: going to be – no. <laughs> yeah, they'll get one of my staff and, and and its office guys, so they'll go, what?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, go away. Well, listen, you you might get a call saying – Bob, did you listen to Charlie and Frank? Uh, you know, when you're bending down there in the, in the greenhouse doing your gardening, do you ever get kind of stiff and sore? Well, we've got the answer, haven't we, Charlie? We huh? do. Yeah, that it would be Sierra. Sil. For a oh, number of years, yep. Frank,
3: Frank, and I have been taking three little pills a day. Sierra Sil is interesting. It's a little capsule, and it's got this dust inside the capsule. But the dust, or it's actually minerals, completely natural minerals from the Sierra Mountains. Who knows how this works? but It's anti-inflammatory. Yeah. It, that's the main And thing. it's it like, uh, you know, greases the joints. Yep. And what's interesting is how they found this deposit of this magical mineral was that the animals kept going and licking the rocks. A trapper noticed this. Uh, licking in that, you know, sort of gnawing away and licking on some rocks. It was like, whoa, that's weird. So they did a little analysis on this outcropping and realized that there's some very, very important beneficial, yep. beneficial uh, minerals there works for us. Um, I always joke that Frank kickboxes, though I think he does more kicking than boxing. And um, and I do an awful lot of snow shoveling and gardening in between the seasons. So we want to be as comfortable and pain free as possible. And it does work for us. Give
2: it a try. Yep. And if it doesn't work in
3: 14 days, you get
2: your money back.
3: Right. Okay. So for more information, 1877 Joint 14 or give them uh, check them on the web, Sierrasil.com. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.
1: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty.
2: And uh, happily, uh, Frank Proctor for me, anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, yes,
2: <laughs> I'm very say. happy to be here. I am the sous chef <laughs> of the garden, and Not Bob sure. Martin is our special guest. <laughs> We're going to uh, go to Bob with more advice and, and chat about vegetables, and flowers, etc., etc.
3: Mm-hmm. And we do have another Bob patience on the line. in yes. gardening. Yes. Well,
2: we have patience here, but <laughs> Bob maybe is running out of his on the line in Scarborough. Hey, Bob, welcome to the show. Bob's your uncle, right? Yeah,
3: Bob's <laughs> your uncle. <laughs> Morning, Bob's not. your uncle.
6: <laughs> My question is, I have a tree peony. Mm. It's about uh, 12 years old. It's about 4 feet high, 3 feet wide. It's got mm. lots of buds. But as the buds open, they seem well-formed. Uh, it's just the center that appears. There's no petals. It's just uh, it's a white, I guess, and it has a yellow center on uh, previous years. But it's just those little tiny stamens that are in the center that's there.
3: About wow. The the that's weird. I've never heard we of it. You can always blame it on the the winter, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, twelve years old, it's never t- okay, and it it's was every year. And it was a yellow flowering for the last eleven years. Uh white.
6: Oh But yeah, it has it a yellow uh, I guess they Stamens, colour. Stamens. Yeah. stamens yeah, yeah, okay. But uh, that's all there is. Uh the bud is the bud is well formed. But there's no uh, petals around the edge.
3: I'm surprised it's opening already. It must be in a very warm spot in your garden. My my tree peony is only just swelling. It's not cracking or breaking at all yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, so you've got lots more buds there to come, right?
6: Well, there's about six, but they all started off the same, and uh, the ones that have opened are just that stunted. Whatever,
3: And it's not a case of it opening and some voracious creature coming along and eating those petals before you saw anything. No, I,
6: I got uh, trapped all the raccoons and I sold them for uh, <laughs> Davy Crockett. And- <laughs> <laughs> a coat?
3: <laughs> yeah. Davy, Crockett. Yeah, um, all right, that's really weird. A flower that looks like a nor- the buds are normal, been good for 11 years, and all of a sudden the bud opens and there's no petals in there. No,
6: just uh, looks like somebody pulled all the petals off. It could me. be the like, okay. cold. I fertilize it regularly.
2: Bob was saying it must be the cold.
3: Yeah, that's done that. Maybe. And you know, leave that with me. I, I'll see if I can find anything about yeah, that. that. I have never good. heard of such a thing. I can only think that something is chewing inside the bud and no, chewing the petals
6: perfectly. There's wow. nothing around the edge. There, there's nothing really yeah, out to chew right no now. But
3: evidence of any bits of yeah, petal left? Uh,
6: maybe they go like that after they. Like old people, know, all their no. parts fell off. But
3: no, no, tree peonies can live for a really long time. Yeah, yeah.
6: No. you wonder about what
4: happened at, at the time of bud development.
3: Right. If
4: well, it, you know, uh, the parts there, there probably is.
6: start to bud out around uh, March, I guess. So no, maybe I'm taking think back had too to much. F- a cold then.
4: I think back before that. Lots of times, the bud is actually all.
6: Starting to develop fall. in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, we had cold weather uh, the year before. You know, yeah. it was almost mm-hmm. as cold. So, I don't know. It's just All something right. that's uh, uh, that's virus a virus or gr- something. Maybe. It's yeah, kind of it's a a a
3: great good. question. I'm going to see if I can find it anymore. And meanwhile, I'm also going to go look at my tree peony, which is, is yeah. You in,
6: can't tell until they pop. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, like yeah, I said it's just
3: fattening. week Maybe
6: you could find something. Yeah,
2: and
3: that's great, Bob. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Thanks
6: for your time. little homework for Charlie Thank there. You, yes. Now, there's thanks, another Frank.
2: gentleman on the line, one of your neighbors, as a matter of fact, Bob, calling from St. Catherine's Earl with uh, Japanese pe- uh, peony in mind. Uh, Pyrenees. Uh, Pyrenees, yeah. <laughs> no, peony. Peony. What am I saying? Peony. Peony. Uh, Earl, welcome <laughs> to the show.
6: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, A first-time caller. Oh, oh. oh. well, hey, let's... There you go. There. Wings for you. <laughs> Thank you. We have a nice Japanese peony. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now it's about three feet high. It's very green. It's nice coming up. We've got two or three nice bulbs ready to burst open, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful pink flower. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting these yellow stems that are coming. They're, they're very yellow, and they have a bud on them. I'm wondering whether they're just suckers, or uh, what should I do with that?
3: Okay, and where are those yellow stems coming from, below ground? Yes. Yeah, tree peonies can sucker. Uh, okay, so they're yellow. Yeah, Weird. They're uh, yellow. Have you fertilized at all this year? No. Okay. I would be inclined to either top dress with some compost or some composted manure, but a quarter to half an inch. Yep. Or... Uh, if you if that's not something you like doing, you would prefer to just mix up you know some miracle grow or whatever flowering plant fertilizer you have on hand and try fertilizing that plant and see if those yellow leaves turn green because that's important but also don't don't hesitate to prune your Japanese peonies they often uh they can get bigger than we want and top heavy okay so well, don't prune now wait till after they flower, obviously right. Right. Okay.
6: Yeah, they don't last long. they get got a beautiful bloom on them, and then uh, you get a windy day, and they're gone.
3: I know. You've got to love them. And, oh, of course, yeah. in Japan, they rig up umbrellas if it's going to rain. Mm-hmm. They've got wind barriers. They do everything in their power to maintain those flowers for as long as possible.
6: We have a fairly large fence behind it, and uh, it's, it's fairly protected, but, uh, but it's a very nice plant. Oh, that's nice. great. I'm concerned about these yellow shoots these very yellow leaves on Mm. it right now.
3: Yeah. Well, like I said, see if some fertilizer greens them up? That, That should make a difference.
6: Thank
2: you very much. Okay, thank you, Earl. Thank you for your call. And the Garden Show just taking a bit of a break here. We'll be back to talk to Bob Martin and if we can squeeze one more caller in, we might be able to do that. Let's uh, get going on with the message from our fine sponsors.
3: Daffodils and daisies,
5: bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxclubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams.
1: you pick picked the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio
3: AM 740.
2: And in the remaining time we have on the show, we want to have a chance to uh, once again talk with Bob okay. Martin, our guest. Uh, just
3: before yes. we go to Bob, yeah. I just want to go back to our last caller. Sure. Uh, Earl was calling from St. Catharines. He was talking about yellow growth coming from below on his tree peony. A uh, quick uh, scan here of the web. Occasionally, tree peony foliage can take on an orange pinky cast which can be caused by the by an iron deficiency and that's definitely true. So th- in this case of course this is out of the UK use of an iron rich feed such as Vitax seaweed plus. So I don't know if we have that here in Canada but you do need something that's got chelated iron. So you go over to your Local garden center, you're in St. Catharines, you've got all kinds of great garden centers near you, and just ask for a fertilizer with chelated, C-H-E-L-A-T-E-D, iron, because that'll be available immediately to the plants. And you go home and put that on your tree peonies, and they should green right up. Okay. All right, now, to Bob. To Bob. You want to ask a question? Well,
2: actually, you know, a lot of folks this time of year are just so anxious to get going, they kind of rush into doing stuff, and maybe they shouldn't be so hasty and, and get going
4: too soon. Well I think that that is a really common uh issue for vegetable gardening. The first sunny day they go right to the garden center, they buy all the stuff and they go home and bang and it in the ground. Bang it in the ground. Say I'm done. <laughs> and and that soil they haven't touched it since last year uh And it needs
3: to be amended, right? Oh, the health of the soil is... Everything. Paramount.
4: If you haven't done it in the fall, which you should do, is get lots of compost and stuff in it and work it in so it's ready for the spring, has a time to break down a little bit. In the spring, again, work your garden, get it nice and loose, get the heat into it, Mm -hmm. and don't be in a rush. Things like lettuce and peas and onions and, and those kinds of things, all your coal crops, plant them early. won't hurt. Yeah. But but then tomatoes, don't be in a big rush. No. What you'll find is if you plant a tomato the 1st of May mm-hmm. and another tomato on, the, say, the 15th, 20th of May or so, depending on the year, uh, often the second one will get, pick first. I mean, it, yeah. a tomato's hardy, but it'll kind of turn blue and sit there and then it has to restart. Yeah. And then you get into things like peppers. They like warm ground. Eggplant, uh, all your cucumbers, zucchini yeah. stuff. And peppers. Burn.
3: Well, if you put peppers into cold ground, sometimes they won't flower. There, oh, yeah. you have nice green plants all summer, but you won't have any fruit the or flowers because you planted them too early into cold oh, soil.
4: Sure. And, and we're starting – we're having a lot of fun with, with all kinds of international new varieties of stuff and things like uh, tamatillos and uh, okras, and and we're really having fun – looking for more things like that but these things really want it warm if you plant them about the first of june and i I, when we used to do uh, farm stuff i had a couple farmers that never planted till the first of june and they picked very early and it's Mm -hmm. just the amount of warmth and heat in the ground really makes things jump so sure get out there if you got it but but work the ground first and don't feel you're late you're not late
3: and how do you know when the soil is warm enough to plant
4: I've been told that you've got to use your elbow.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. No, that isn't what you told us in the break.
4: <laughs> I just said, just slip out the back, maybe do it after dark, sit yeah. on the, drop your drawers, sit on the ground. If yeah. it's too cold for <laughs> your butt, it's too cold for your... For plants. That And well, I've
3: read... Right. It's actually true. That is a very well-known way of how... You know why? Because back in the day, we couldn't just go to the garden center if we planted too early and screwed up. Yeah. We couldn't get more because seeds were saved from year to year. You only had so many seeds and so many plants, and if you messed up and planted too early and nothing grew, you had no crops that year, and yeah. you all starved to death mm-hmm. that winter. And, and there's so still a chance of
4: frost. You checked cold. soil
3: temperature with the bare bum. Now yeah. we use the elbow, though, yeah. In yes, my yeah, neighborhood, we're anyway. We're
4: far more refined. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, but,
4: but, but the other thing to do in, in a garden is work it all summer long. Mm-hmm. You know, a little extra fertilizer is great if you need it, depending on your soil, uh, how, how well you've done it. But every week I go out to all my gardens and hoe them mm-hmm. and keep the weeds yes. down. Before And it takes real short. Okay, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. and Time. you do that because the weeds are competing with the plants, so we want the weeds out and we want the no shade from them. Exactly. And uh, yeah, what stop waving no, at me where there's no some, airplanes coming in here.
2: Well, now wait a <laughs>
3: minute, there might be. <laughs> it's like <laughs> driven by the come car, in, guys. There's a you know, using the north runway. Uh, thank you, Frank.
2: Well, I just wanted to thank Bob Martin, yes. for number one. Uh, reducing the thought pattern to such a simple form, uh, that's the first, what you've just described, is the first rectal thermometer I've uh, <laughs> ever heard.
3: <Nice> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, anyway. Well, thank you, Bob, for coming all the way from Vineland Station, it's from Martin Farms. Thank it's you. been great for you to be here. And thank you, Frank, as always. Well, thank you. Best. I only
2: got two hits today. She just smacked me a couple of times. Best
3: sous chef ever. And thank you, Sebastian, <laughs> for taking all the great calls. And thanks to our great callers. We wouldn't have such a great show Absolutely. if we didn't have all the input from people all over the province so thanks everybody see you all again next week
0: this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at 9 on zoomer radio the new am 740 this has been an exclusive podcast of the garden show with charlie dobbin heard every saturday morning at 9 on zoomer radio the new am 740